Welcome to Sense and Sensibility, the Inflation Guy podcast. I am Michael Ashton. I am the Inflation Guy, and I am your host. And this is uh, our monthly CPI update. I'll be trying to make some sense of this month's CPI report and put it in the context of what the big story is. That's big story. That's capital big, capital story. As we monitor the evolution of inflation pressures, it it isn't really all that straightforward. Um, this uh, this month's both both the report itself and where it sort of fits into everything. But first, before we get into that, a word from our sponsors. This episode of Sense and Sensibility is sponsored by Simplify ETFs. Simplify is a manager of alternative ETFs solving today's most pressing portfolio challenges. This includes income solutions like SVOL, yield curve plays like TUA, and 6040 diversifiers such as CTA. If you are an individual investor or, or RIA, you will likely find that something they've done addresses a particular problem you have that you didn't know was solvable. Check out their website at simplify.us. That's simplify.us. And you can find their entire lineup of ETFs at simplify.us slash ETFs. So on for the report today. All right. So going in, uh, expectations were that the headline figure would be pretty low, uh, dragged down by energy, specifically uh, piped gas. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and the consensus on core was for about 0.4%. So we, the consensus was, you know, something like, you know, 0.2% headline and 0.4% on core. And it depends who you, which consensus you're looking at. But that was, that was essentially it. Month-on-month CPI of 0.2 and uh, 0.4% on core. Um, the Bloomberg... Economist consensus was was 0.39% on core. Kalshi Traders forecast was 0.42%. And my own forecast was higher, 0.51%, because I expected used cars to contribute uh, to to core inflation and for rents to get sort of a backdoor boost from the piped gas thing. So so piped gas is uh the what the BLS calls it, if you uh, you know get gas in your home, right? So if you you know the gas you use for your water heater, if you have gas-based heating in your home, uh, if you use gas for your stove, that's piped gas, and it's very small. It's it's less than one percent of the CPI, and so normally it doesn't matter. We just sort of ignore it. Last month it turned out to matter uh, because natural gas has plunged for the last couple of months. And and it's it's really sort of odd. There aren't a whole lot of really pure commodities in the CPI, but the energy complex is where you find them. Gasoline, obviously, is pretty close to a pure commodity, and um, uh, and piped gas is another one of those. So, um, you know, everybody sort of was on notice that that this was going to happen this month. I think some people figured it out last month, and I wasn't one of them, but. Um, but people were on notice it was going to happen this month. And so that was why the headline forecasts were as low as 0.2. And that would still increase the year-on-year, uh, that would still have the year-on-year CPI at 5.1%, but that would be quite a bit below 6%, uh, which is the last year-on-year figure that we had. And the consensus, again, was expecting the year-on-year core number to actually tick up because of base effects. 
Um, so the backdoor effect I was talking about with respect to pipe gas on on rents is that this is a little bit wonky, but the Bureau of Labor Statistics subtracts out uh, if you if you are renting and your rent includes utilities. Uh, then the BLS makes an adjustment for that. If utilities go up, then effectively your rent went down. And if utilities go down, then effectively your rent went up. Um, if your rent didn't change, right? Because you're getting, you know, because that utilities thing is is actually varying. It, it makes your rent do the opposite. And again, piped gas, usually not a big deal. Piped, piped gas in primary rents, really not a big deal. But when you have, when you're moving natural gas, you know, 10% a month, it starts to matter. So so that's sort of what I was expecting is that we'd get a little bit of a boost to to uh, rents and that that would maybe keep rents kind of, you know, up where they were last month. So when the number actually dropped, headline inflation came in 0.1%, which was lower than expectations, but it actually barely rounded up. To, to that level. It was 0. 0.053. So we almost got a zero on the headline. Now that's just headline inflation, but still a zero would have been a really nice, very exciting thing. And as soon as this printed, of course, the stock market took off um, because, you know, algos see that and they're like, that means I'm supposed to buy. And so it goes straight up. Um, core was 0.385%. So at first glance, it looks like the Bloomberg economists consensus of 0.39 nailed it okay now 0.4% or 0.39% isn't anything to write home about not all that exciting um, it's about a 5% annualized rate right just a little bit shy of 5% annualized none of us wants a 5% annualized core inflation rate <laughs> that's not good news it's only good news because we have you know right now median is over 7 you know um, core is at uh, 5.6 percent after after this figure. So, you know, if, if we're at 5.6 and we're going to go down to 5 percent, if that's kind of where we we stabilize, that's not good news. So we we need to still see some more progress. Um, uh, the the problem is that um, that number was as low as 0.39 percent. You know, it's like I said, it looked like the economist nailed it, but it was, it was really only as low as that because of two things. The first one is that used car inflation uh, was negative again. It was a drag on core on core inflation, and that's curious. And and, and every estimate that I saw used cars was going to be a drag because. All of the survey, I mean, it was going to be a, a, an ad because all of the surveys, all of the private surveys, Black Book, Mannheim, whatever, show that used car prices um, are rising. And, you know, last month used cars were a drag, but whatever, there's always some lag going on. For it to happen two months in a row is a little weird. Uh, so so that was kind of strange that, that used car was actually a drag when a lot of us were expecting, most of us were expecting it to be an ad. So, okay, so that's one thing. Um, you could pencil in for next month that because used car prices are rising, used car inflation is going to be an, is going to be an addition to core inflation next month. It'll show up eventually. So let's let's but let's pretend for now that the economists knew um, 
knew that that would happen. And so that was in their 0.39% forecast. The second one is a little bit harder to overlook. Rents, both primary rents, rent a primary residence, if you rent your, your apartment um, or home, um, and owner's equivalent rent, which basically parallels primary rents for all intents and purposes, um, both of those, the rent, those, those make up rent of shelter, and those components were sharply lower. Now, people have been saying for a while that rental inflation should decelerate. I don't think anybody thought that it would decelerate like a car hitting a tree, you know, very, very suddenly, or, you know, um, somebody, you know, hitting the pavement after jumping out of a window. I don't think anybody thought that all of a sudden we would see rent inflation suddenly just dive. You know, the, the, the best hope was that it would gradually sort of ebb, and it really hadn't been doing that. In fact, it had actually been really, really stable. The last nine numbers on rent of primary residents ranged from a low of 0.7% month-on-month to a high of 0.81% month-on-month. So very, very stable at a level that's, you know, 8 or 9% uh, rental inflation. Uh, today's number was 0.49%. So... Not just a little bit out of that range, but way out of that range. So that's really good news, right? Um, you know, we, we've got, you know, rents, which is the biggest, slowest moving part of inflation. Uh, if it's starting to decelerate, that's really great. I've said many times that if you can get shelter right, then you're not going to be terribly wrong on the rest of, of, of CPI. I mean, if, if you're not going to have a circumstance where rental inflation is in is in deflation and the rest of the number and the overall number is, you know, 6% overall inflation. That's just not, it's not going to happen because it's just too big of a piece. Um, and because it's slow moving, it's, it's a piece that you can usually get pretty close on. Well, we didn't get very close on that. Um, but anyway, so if, if, um, if, in fact, rents are finally decelerating, then overall inflation has almost surely peaked, and that's really good news, right? Even though core goods kind of appears to be accelerating even without the used car decline, but, but whatever. Here's the problem. Well, actually, there's two problems. The first problem regarding rents is that um, it's a little hard to believe that rents decelerated that hard. I mean, you know, maybe could, there be, could it have something to do with, you know, Silicon Valley Bank and the, the scare about the banking crisis? Maybe that made landlords, um, you know, re-up people for the, for the same uh, rent as the prior month or the prior year when their leases came due. And I, I don't know. I, I can't think of what that effect would be, but maybe. Um Yes, I know Zillow rents and other high-frequency you know, data and measurement of rents say that rents should be decelerating. But those data have big – there's a reason we don't use them in, in forecasting CPI is they have big problems of composition. They measure different things. A lot of times they measure asking rents rather than realized rents. They measure only current rents and not rents of, of uh, people who are already renting, right? Uh, and who have a lease that runs three years or one year or whatever. Um, and so that so they're not particularly good for that. Um, we're trying to measure, when we measure, measure rent of primary residents, that includes some people who just got a new, a new uh, apartment 
And so the Zillow rent number maybe is right for them. But at least 11 twelfths of those people didn't have a change in rent. And so you, you kind of can't just look at the most recent high frequency data. It isn't necessarily very good. And, and like I say, it's, it, it's, it's got bad compositional problems because um, Zillow doesn't cover everything and it, it tends to be biased to large cities and so on and so forth. But for a long time, those numbers have been saying that rent inflation should be coming down. They said it was supposed to have happened six months ago and it didn't. And, and so, again, I don't give a whole lot of weight to that. But um, uh, so let's just say I'm skeptical. But let's just say it's true. Let's say that that all of those high-frequency rent data were, were accurate and and this number that came out, 0.49% on primary rents and about the same on owner's equivalent rent, that that's absolutely legitimate. Okay, it's great news. No question about it, it's great news. But then we have the other problem. Remember I said there's two problems? The other problem is this. How in the world, okay, we had used cars with a surprising decline and we had a really surprise plunge in rents. Even the people who thought it was going to decelerate didn't think it was going to drop like that. And yet, we still got a 0.39% on core inflation, which was what everyone was looking for. So what? how can you be accurate about the overall number if you were completely, you know, bamboozled by two big parts of it? You know, core inflation X shelter rose a little bit to 3.81%. So follow me. This is like putting a big jigsaw puzzle together. We have rents, okay, at, you know, shelter at 5%. And core, except rents, at around 4%. It's at 3.81. So if rents are at 5% and core, except rents are at 4%, then how are we getting to 2 percent, right? Because that's, that's where we want this all to go. Something still has to come quite a, get down quite a bit. And again, how do we get to the point three nine? Core services, less rent of shelter. Okay, so I just said core CPI X rent, X shelter, but that's goods and services. Core services, less rent of shelter, which is the super core that all the cool kids, you know, call it. Um, and we've been talking about that for Long before the Fed started talking about it, I, I, I said on this podcast that core services, less rent of shelter is where all the wage stuff, the, the, wage, uh, the wage price feedback loop is in core services, less rent of shelter. So, you know, you can get some momentum there to the inflation process in that, in that category. Core services, less rent of shelter dropped to 5.53%. Um, which is nice. It's off the highs that were above 6%, but it's not exactly in free fall. It's down a bit, but it's not not plunging. And I'm not sure why it should be plunging. Median wages, according to the Atlanta Fed wage growth tracker, which is, I, I think, the best way to sort of look at wages, um, are a little bit off their highs, but they're at 6.1% year on year. And so you know, we've got core services, less rent of shelter at 5.5 and, and wages at 6.1. That seems like it's roughly correct, right? The feedback loop is going to take a while to spin down if, in fact, it is spinning down. And by the way, median CPI, as I said, is 
it's at 7.08%, which is now off the highs uh, by exactly one month. Um, you know, we thought it had peaked and then went back up to new highs over the last couple of months. And then, and now it's down again off the highs. And so, you know, maybe we, we have had a peak. And of course the administration, the U.S. the, uh, the executive branch was out there today crowing about how this shows continued progress on inflation, you know, one month off the highs. It's embarrassing. But anyway, um, overall, um, I, I, I think inflation is in retreat a little thanks to a contracting money supply, although that's offset by the rebound of money velocity. But, but I don't expect inflation to get to 2% anytime this year or in 2024. More, more likely, we're going to settle in around 4 or 5% later this year. And that goes back to, to that second problem that, you know, people were forecasting 0.39% and they got the best possible news. And we still got 0.39%. <laughs> that's because that's kind of where inflation is, is 0.39% a month. And, uh, you know, a little bit higher than that in median, but but that's that's roughly what we're looking at. And so all of these numbers kind of are telling the same longer-term story. They're a positive surprise this month, and they're and obviously all of this is better than it was, you know, six months or a year ago. But it, it's not – the question wasn't, will inflation ever peak? It wasn't – you know, to a lesser extent, it was when inflation is going to peak, but the real – important part of the story is, well, where's it going after that? And, and there's no, um, there's no natural reason that it should go to 2%. There, 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 I mean, 2% is a target, but there's nothing that automatically puts it back on target. Um, I, I had a, an article on my uh, blog, inflationguy.blog, um, about mean reversion and and it turns out that if you take energy out of, in, of the, the inflation numbers, there's very little evidence that inflation mean reverts, <laughs> which, you know, it, so if inflation is at 5%, then you would expect a year from now it's going to be below 5% because it mean reverts to a lower number. Historically, that you can't say that. If inflation right now is at 5%, then your best guess for inflation a year from now is 5%, not lower. And that says mean reversion, if it's there, ain't very strong, um, at least until you get to really high inflation numbers. Um, but anyway, so all of this is good news. Inflation does seem to be coming down. I think it's going to settle 4 or 5%. So it's good news, but it's not great news. Um, now, on the market impact, you know, stocks uh, started off loving everything and then ended the day not loving it so much once we got the uh, the Fed minutes. Um, if you think the Fed is going to ease once inflation, you know, comes off the boil, then you should be really bullish about stocks. Um, well, you should be so kind of bullish about stocks because that's kind of already in the price. Um, but uh, but you can be kind of bullish about things. You can be kind of bullish about bonds. Um, but, you know, the Fed has shown no interest, though, in cutting rates anytime soon, and they shouldn't. You know, if there's a calamity, then okay, they'll cut rates, but that's not good for stocks. <laughs> so we don't want that. We really don't. We're not cheering for calamity. Um, and if inflation just comes back down, say, to, let's just suppose inflation goes down to 2%, should the Fed ease? Why would the Fed ease? Before all of this happened, before the last two decades of, of, of uh, inflation stability happened, it was commonly understood 
that a neutral long-term rate looked a lot like GDP. You had something like a 2% or 2.5% real rate, uh, real interest rate, and then you had a premium for expected inflation of roughly the target, 2 to 2.5%. Two and, and so your long-term neutral risk-free rate should be 4 or 5%. And the shorter end of the curve, money markets, Fed funds rate, maybe it should be a little bit below that. But it shouldn't be at two. You know, natural, a, a natural kind of basic, you know, neutralish rate for the Fed funds target is probably three and a half or four percent. So even if inflation goes back to two, I don't know why you'd expect Fed funds to to go back to to two or or zero. Um, and the problem for markets is that they're all priced as if two percent inflation and two percent Fed funds are lower. Is a is a God given right, and it ain't. Um, I think the Fed is going to stop tightening. I think they may have already tightened the last time, uh, but I think it would take a serious downturn in the economy to get them to ease before inflation really gets back to you know say three percent, and and it's not going to get back to three percent anytime soon. Median in CPI is still over seven, so again. The news today is good. It's not great. The outlook for the Fed is good. I don't think they're going to keep tightening a lot, but it's not great. We're in a good, not great kind of environment uh, for inflation. And going forward, if we're going to make it great again, I had to say it. If, it's, if we're going to make it great, then it means that we're going to have to have rents continue to decelerate. We're going to have to have core services X, X rents. As shelter has to continue to decelerate. And we are a long way, a long way from seeing evidence that that's actually happening or going to happen. You'll see lots of forecasts that it's going to happen, but there's no, it's not a God-given right. Inflation does not naturally mean revert. And so to the extent that the money supply, that the Fed continues to trim its balance sheet and that that results in money supply stable or even shrinking like it has been, if that can continue for a while, then that will eventually bring down inflation. We still have the problem that we have this pent-up energy from velocity, which is rebounding. But eventually, stable money growth is going to result in stable prices. Um, we have a ways to go before we get there. So all of this is part of the evolution that we're going to have to see over the next you know, three, six, 12 months, maybe multiple years. Um, today's a good step in the right direction, but give me a couple of these steps in the right direction before I get too terribly excited about it. And that's all for today's podcast. Uh, please like, subscribe, refer others. Um, you can contact me at inflationguy at enduringinvestments.com and you should come by Enduring Investments if you uh, care about wealth management or uh, or need a consultant um, on inflation-related matters, subscribe to the blog at inflationguy.blog. Follow me on Twitter at inflation underscore guy. And uh, most importantly, you know the answer. Defend your money. And if inflation is coming for you, remember, you know a guy.